Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM. We glorify you. Um, we just thank you for this day, um, this day that we celebrate the resurrection of your son, Jesus Christ, um, who was crucified for our sins on our behalf, oh God. And we thank you. Um, that you are, that you have a word for us today, oh God. I pray that you speak through my mouth, think through my mind, um, let the word of my medi- the, the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight, oh God. In Jesus' name, Amen. 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 So, like Courtney said, this was a word on the dime, right? <laughs> so I spent uh, stayed up pretty late last night putting this together. So I hope you guys um, are blessed by this word, Amen. Um, so everybody knows today's Easter Sunday, the day we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So I want to focus on the event preceding the resurrection, which is the cross. Amen. 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 So the cross is essential to us, our lives as Christians, right? I mean, it's essential for us as believers. The, on the cross, Jesus paid the penalty, paid the payment for our sins, um, and, and that is essential to how... It's essential to our lives. And we need to look at this event and see, okay, how does this event on the, of the cross, how does this event that, of this, this greatest event in, in history of the world, how does that affect us on a daily basis? Amen? Um, do we, do we t- take time to think about the cross on a daily basis? Do we take time to think about the price, the penalty that Christ paid on that cross on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, on a monthly basis? A lot of times as Christians, we... Use this as a one-day event, a one-day-a-year to actually think about it. Uh, maybe sometimes during communion, we might, uh, we might focus on it and think about it. But I think, I, I think the Bible throughout the scriptures, as we'll see today, that it's, it's important and that this event should direct our, the way we view our lives and the way we live our lives. Amen? Amen. Um, so has anybody uh, ever made any really... Good investments, right? So if think about some investments that we made in our life, whether it be in the stock exchange, some, some, of, some of us invest in real estate, in businesses, or even it could be investment in relationships, right? So um, let's say, so for my wife and I, you know, we, I invested, we invested time that, you know, years ago, 10 plus years ago, talking on the phone and, uh, you know, going to the movies um, and all these things, we invested time, we invested money, right? It's a lot of money to date your wife. And if you, anybody ever bought a ring, um, it's a lot of money. Alan, Alan spent a lot of money, amen, <laughs> uh, to invest in time in the relationship. And now we have kids and we have, you know, and, and th- th- we've seen the fruits of that time that we spent, right? Uh, we see the fruits of our labor, of our money uh, that we spent. And we have a growing, prospering relationship, amen? At least I, I, I hope so. Um, but uh, how, of, how many of us has, have ever made any bad investments? I could raise my hand like 10 more times. I feel like I've made more bad investments than I've made good investments, right? So whether you have stocks that tank, I know Bitcoin, I don't know if anybody follows Bitcoin, it was $20,000, now it's down to like $6,000. So if you invested at 20, you lost a lot of money. Um, if you invested at one, you made a lot of money, right? Um, so you have properties that lose value, um, you know, in 2008, we had the biggest uh, real estate crash in history. Um, 
And, you know, so in, oh, oh, another thing that we invest in, I know a, a lot of us can be guilty of this. At the beginning of the year, we invest in gym memberships, right? We go, we get, we get this, oh, you know, Retro Fitness has $20 a month. This gym has $100 a month. We say, oh, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to invest in my body. And then you end up making a donation to this gym um, for, the rest of, for the rest of the year. <laughs> you give a charitable donation to Retro Fitness and you never show up again. And you, you're not able to write it off, right? So that's terrible investments. Subscriptions. I remember one time I had, I invested in GQ magazine, right? <laughs> Uh, this is before this is before Christina, right? So this is in college. I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm gonna get my fly on. I'm gonna start dressing, smelling good, and grooming well. I I invest. I ordered GQ. I probably read it maybe one time, right? And and you know, once they lock you in that subscription, you're you're stuck for the year or whatever in terms of your contract is. Um, relationships. Everybody don't look at me. Um, you know, we've dated people. We've we've had friends, and we've had people that. We've invested time in, and eventually it serves us nothing, right? It serves us no uh, real purpose to our life. Um, the return isn't ideal. Um, so like, like these natural investments, it's also possible to make wrong investments for our Christian life and also waste the talents and waste the gift that God has given us, right? So we can make great investments with the stuff, with the, with the talents, and with the, the time that God has given us, and with the resources that God has given us, or we can make poor decisions. Amen? Amen? So let's jump over, let's jump into our text. It's Luke chapter 12, um, verse 13. I don't hear any pages turning, so that means everybody's electronic, right? <laughs> I hear no pages at all. <laughs> If anybody needs a Bible, it's in the back. If anybody still uses paper. Um, Luke chapter 12. Uh, we're going to jump around a lot today um, to drive, to, to understand how the cross affects our lives and changes our lives. Um, so let's look at Luke chapter 12, and we're going to start with verse 13 through 21. And it says, Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. But he said to him, Man, who made me a judge or arbitrator over you? And he said to them, Take care and be on your guard against all covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And he told them a parable, saying, The land of a rich man produced plentifully. And he thought to himself, What shall I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops. And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build a larger ones, build larger ones. And there I will store all my grains and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, fool, this night your soul is required of you. Um, and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasures for himself and not rich towards God. So here we see, um, we see in, in this verse, we see a, a contrast of two different people. In the beginning, we see um, a man who yells out to Jesus. Says, he says to Jesus, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Right? Um, tell my brother to divide the, inherent, the inheritance with me. So he's seeing, and then Jesus re responds. He says, man, um, 
Man, who made me a judge or arbitrator over you? Take care and be on your guard against all covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. So here's this man that's looking at his brother who is in, has abundance of things, right? He has, if we put it in today's, today's terms, um, he's struggling with his, he's struggling with his bills, he's struggling with his finances, but his brother, you know, is living in a five-bedroom house with a nice car and, and have all these abundance things, and, and the man is like, hey, God, can you tell him to divide some of this stuff with me? Right, right. Um, so Jesus is responding, saying that he has a problem with his focus, right? His focus is not on what it should be on. His focus is looking towards his brother and envying what his brother has. Amen? Amen. Um, so be careful of, what, of envying and wanting what other, what other people have. You know, envy and greed are real. You know, and as Christians, we need to we need to be guarded over being envious and being greedy and being greedy and being covetous of our neighbor. Amen. And another thing is don't judge people on what they have. Right. Just because somebody has wealth and just because somebody has great things does not make them um, more pleasing or more, you know, more pleasing to God. Or just because somebody doesn't have anything makes them more or less pleasing to God. Amen. So as we, as we, are, as we are going through this, we, let's think about um, some central focuses to our lives, right? So let's think about every, things that we wake up every morning and we think about. What's the first thing on our minds? You know, a lot of us, um, so what, are some, what are some life goals for us? You know, a lot of us, has, uh, we have wealth and prosperity that we are trying to attain, right? A lot of us are in school. We're working harder on our jobs. We're taking extra courses. We're trying to uh, attain more wealth. We're trying to build up our legacy and leave, you know, leave things behind for our kids and kids and kids and grandkids and so forth. Um, well, these are, these are godly, that's a godly ambition. You know, to, we, we, some of us, we, our, some of our goals is to love, for social status, for patriotism, for happiness. Some of these things are godly ambitions. So, you know, God give us an ability to um, work hard, to, to, to think of businesses, to think of ideas, to gain wealth. So that, we, why, right? So we can you know, fund the gospel. We can do evangelism like Jay-Z's been talking about all morning. So we can build up the church so we can uh, meet the poor, um, so we can serve the poor. If we go further down Luke 13, it talk, um, Jesus is talking about giving, selling all your, all your stuff and, and helping the poor, right? So wealth and these things and are great necessities for us to meet the needs of the church and meet the needs of this world. Amen? So what are some things that we are passionate about? What are the things that we, we can't wait to, to wake up in the morning and get to work, to work to do? And what things that we think about when we sleep? What are our dreams? Um, but Christ is telling Christ, as, as we look throughout these scriptures, we'll see that all of these things are useless without intentionally living in reality of the cross. All right. Even um, so I'm going through a book now and it's talking about uh, parenting and and. Even raising kids is not, a lot of times we think it's raising kids, we're raising, we own the kids, right? But we are really ambassadors of, of getting the, the will of God in these kids' lives. And the will of God in our church lives. And the will of God in this world. So we are ambassadors to the will of God. Um, even our small talk, right? We, I know we love our small talk. And, and in that, sidebar, have we noticed that, is, I don't know if it's an American thing, but most of the small talk starts off negative, right? We start off, hey, um, the weather's crappy today. The weather's terrible today. Oh, this traffic, I can't believe it. You know, when you get to work in the morning, like, oh, traffic was crap today. Traffic was terrible. It's like 
most of small talk starts with, with negativity. So let's, let's change that. Let's bring some positivity. Let's bring some godliness to our, even our small talk. But even our conversations should be intentional and it should be um, based on the reality of the cross. Amen. Um, so like this rich man in Luke 12, and we'll, we'll, we'll keep going down, we can spend our entire lives building up worthless treasures. We can spend our entire lives building and working towards the wrong things and the things that God um, does not please God. So here we see that God is worried about this man's focus. Um, the man is looking at his brother. He's looking at money. He's looking at security. Like, hey, God, my brother is more secure than me. My brother has more... Um, more possessions than me. But God is, but, but Jesus responds to him and tells him that be careful of wanting what other people have because these possessions do not define him. These possessions do not define you. The lack of possessions do not define you. The abundance of possessions do not define you. You know, um, so that should be liberating, right? So we can have freedom to talk to anybody, to um, witness to anybody, regardless of our social status, regardless of our monetary status, that we can, that we are on, that our lack or our abundance does not make us any better or worse than anybody else. Amen. 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 So if we continue down, verse 17, um, uh, let's start 16, and he says, and he, told a par- and he told them a parable, saying, the land of a rich man produced plentifully, and he thought to himself, what shall I do, for I have nowhere to store my crops? And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build, build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, fool, this, might, this night your soul is required of you. And the things you have prepared, who will, whose will they be? So was the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. So this rich man, like our society, is setting himself for, up for a wasted life, right? So he's spending his entire being um, in, in, in building his houses and build, be, building vacation time and building um, and working towards building a, a crop of cars and building all these material things, right? So like our, like our society, you know, we could wake, work 40 plus years, 30 plus years. I just have a coworker who's retiring at 56, which is a, a great thing in, that, in our day and age, right? When the <laughs> retirement age is, is extending, you know, further and further, people are working into their 70s and things. But we know we work 40 years for the hope that one day we can relax in the fruits of our labor. But this is much different from the life of the Christian. Our Christian life in the light of the cross is a life of endless work. The Christian life is not a life of leisure. Amen. The Christian life is, not, is a life given to the purpose of to the will of God and to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, everything from, um, like Courtney was talking about this morning, everything from raising kids to uh, to our, our work to coming to church is a life developed is the life working towards the will of God, and it's also spiritual warfare. You know, raising kids, spiritual warfare. You know, we're, we're waging against the war. We're waging against the enemy. We're waging against the world. We're waging against the flesh on a daily basis. You know, we're fighting envy. We're fighting um, covetousness, as we're talking about here. We're fighting these things on a daily basis. And um, evangelism, giving, all these things should be incorporated in the life of a Christian. 
that we don't have a time that we're looking forward. I mean, we don't have a time that we're looking forward to in the future that we, hey, we can relax from this Christian life. Um, the, your, your positions might change. <laughs> you know, you might not be a preacher, for, you might not be a pastor for 40 years, but your work still goes on. You might not be a drummer or keyboardist for 40 years, but your work still continues. So don't ever, don't ever look towards the day I can relax from this Christian journey. Um, the cross-centered life takes work. Um, what we do with our, what we do with our this possessions display the glory of God. So in all our getting, in all our working, in all our doing, does it display the glory of God? Amen. Amen. The things of the, um, okay, so let's go. And so even our possessions, like God, Jesus doesn't even want our possessions to even affect the way we think. You know, and let's go, let's, let's jump down to verse 31 real quick. Um, a popular verse, and it says, instead, seek his kingdom and all these things will be added, on, added to you. So in the previous verses, he's talking about worrying about what you should eat, worried about what you should wear, worrying about your daily tasks. Like these things shouldn't even take up a much capacity of our daily thinking. But the, our, our capacity, our, our daily thinking should be thinking about the kingdom of God. And even in one of my favorite verses, in, um, if you continue go, going on, it says, uh, verse 32, Fear not, little flock, for it is your, your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. So God takes pleasure in giving us the kingdom and meeting our needs, like Petey's been talking about. God's been, God takes pleasure in healing our bodies so those things shouldn't even be much of concern to us. Right. So meeting the gaining possessions and doing these things should not be much of concern to us. Amen? Amen. And we should thank God that he provides our needs. God delights to give us the kingdom. Amen? But our primary goal as believers is to see the, see the will of God in the world and in people's lives. Amen? Let's jump, let's jump over to 1 Corinthians, and we're going to start getting into the, to the meat of this a little bit. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Actually, no, let's not go there. Um, let's not go there. Let's go to Philippians chapter 1. It's so weird not to hear pages turn. <laughs> I'm turning my pages. No, I don't hear it. I don't hear it back. <laughs> no, it's, it's, not, it's not the crazy. It's just so weird. Like I, it's, it's crazy that we're at this point. In, in, I, I mean, I use, my, I use my electronic Bible more than anything. Um, I, <laughs> all right, so in verse 20, it says, As it is my eager, in Philippians chapter 1, verse 20 and 21, it says, As it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be at all ashamed, but that will that with full courage now as always Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. So a life, a life centered around the cross, a life um, focused on the cross is a life honoring Christ in our life and in our death, giving God a good return on on, on His investment. You know, God has given us our life. God has given us our, um, our gifts and our talents. And in those gifts and our talents and abilities, 
we should be honoring Christ in our life and in our death. Focusing on Christ is central. Um, focusing on the cross is central to honoring Christ with our lives. Um, in Galatians chapter 6, verse 14, it says, But far be it from me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. So Paul here makes it clear that the gospel of Jesus Christ is the most important thing. It is the, it's not only the most important message in all of history, it's the only essential message in all of history. The overarching, overarching theme of our lives and all, and all our work should be, should be that Christ died for our sins. Amen. The gospel is what separates us from all of the religions, right? So the, all of the religions preach different things, but they, they, they don't get to the gospel that Christ came as a man and died for our sins and rose on an on a Easter Sunday. Amen. Um, live, a life, live a life in light of the cross and the gospel is how we can honor God with our lives. So if we focus on the cross, if, if the cross, the, the event of the cross is focused into our lives, that's how we honor, our, that's how we honor God. You know, because that's going to bleed into our evangelism. That's going that's to bleed into how we raise our kids, how we treat our neighbors, how we love each other, how we come to church, how we, I, the gifts and the things that we do for our for our, our communities and for our world, it's going to be, it's all going to flow from knowing that Christ gave his all for us. Amen. 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 Let's, uh, let's jump over to 1 first, first Corinthians chapter 2. So I have a couple keys. Key number one is uh, in order to live this life, is to develop a deeper appreciation for the cross. So let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Um, and with verse 2, <clears throat> it says, For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. So if we, we have, I have a number of scriptures here. If we go throughout Paul's letters, we can see him keeping the cross as primary focus, right? So that, no, no, nothing else is of, as of much importance besides Jesus Christ and him crucified. Um, and if we can jump over, since we're in 1 Corinthians chapter um, 1, verse 17, it says, For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, and not with words of eloquent wisdom, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. So Christ has sent Paul into this world, and he sent us as believers into this world but to preach the gospel and to, and to share the gospel and to live in light of the gospel. Um, one more verse. Let's go to 1 Timothy chapter 9. I'm sorry. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9. Good catch. <laughs> um, it says, understanding this, that the law is not laid down for me just to be just, just but for the lawless and disobedient, for the ungodly and sinners, for the unholy and profane, for those who strike their fathers and mothers, for murderers, the sexually immoral, men who practice homosexuality, enslavers, liars, perjurers, and whatever else is contrary to sound doctrine, sound doctrine in accordance with the gospel of the glory of the blessed God with which I have been entrusted. I thank him who has given me strength, Christ Jesus our Lord, 
because he judged me faithful, appointed me to his service. Though formerly I was a blasphemer, persecutor, and insolent opponent, but I received mercy because I had acted ignorantly in unbelief, and the grace of our Lord overflowed for me with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of who I am foremost. But I receive mercy for this reason, that in me, as the foremost, Jesus Christ might display his perfect patience as an example to those who believe in eternal life. So we, so we see here that Paul is understanding the, the significance of the cross. You know, Christ came to save sinners, and that is the work that he has given him to. Um, so, and, in, and we see here in 1 in in Timothy that sin is cosmic treason, right? Cosmic treason, that God requires perfection. You know, God requires, if we go through all these lists of, of things that are, that are opposing to God, right? We start off with unholy and profane. How many have been unholy and profane? I've, I've been all of those. Um, uh, you know, uh, who strike their fathers and mothers. I mean, not in the, not in the black, black house, right? You, don't, you can't strike your fathers and mothers. That don't happen. <laughs> you won't be living, right? Like, strike your fathers and mothers. Ah, they don't, not in my house, right? Um, murderers, you know, sexually immoral, men who practice homosexuality, enslavers, liars, perjurers, all these things. And we see that if you look into this list, you, you're, you're found somewhere in there. And that, and that God, and that Christ came to save these people. So Christ came to save us. Amen. And, you know, reflect on where you were before the cross. Um, amen. We were, one, we were one of these people. Amen. And we were far. We were opposition to God. And um, as, as, Paul, as Paul says in verse 13, that he was an insolent opponent. So we weren't just, we weren't just disobedient or sinners, but we were a, an opponent to God. You know, opponent to the will of God before Christ. And we were combating the will of God. Amen. And we just thank God that now we are saved and now we are on the same team <laughs> as the Most High. Amen. Um, amen. And so we need to reflect on where we were as before Christ and reflect on our destiny before Christ. That we were destined to a world, to an eternity without God in hell. Amen. But thanks be to God, we are saved. And thanks be, God, thanks be to God that he sent his son to die on his cross for us. Amen. So only those who are aware of God's wrath are amazed at God's grace. You know, and, all, and, and to, be, to understand God's grace, we have to be aware of his, his wrath. That he was, um, like so in, 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 verse, in verse 16, uh, you know, Paul says he received mercy for this reason that in me at the former Jesus Christ might display his perfect patience as an example to those who were to believe in him for eternal life. So even in Paul, who's a, who's the, a murderer of, of believers, a murderer of Christians, that we could see in him that the grace of God, you know, to understand that we need to understand that even God can save Paul, God can save us, and he has saved us. Amen? Amen. Um, and it was... And so I know this is a question that PD asks all the time, but who killed Jesus? <laughs> right? Who killed Jesus? And if we look in Isaiah chapter 53, it talks about that it pleased the Father, it pleased God to crush Jesus. That, that God himself crushed Jesus. That God himself took, poured out his wrath upon Jesus. Amen? Because of love. Justice, um, justice would have been to punish us. And justice would have been to take, to send each one of us 
to, to hell and, and to crush each one of us. But thanks be to God for his mercy and for his grace, that Christ stepped in as that mediator on that cross to step in where, where we deserve death, but Christ stepped in for us. Christ became the ransom for all. He came, became the ransom for us that we can now have peace with God. His, his hostility for us was spent on Christ. His hostility for us. So God had all this pent-up anger for us, and he spent it all on Christ, Jesus on that cross. You know, man? We no longer face condemnation when this life is over. We can eat, live each day fear. We, we can live each day free from that fear of spending a life without Christ, without, without God. He drank from the cup of God's wrath so we can drink the cup of salvation. Amen. Amen. Let's jump over. Let's, let's take a look at that a little further. Isaiah chapter 51. Um, if you're using these Bibles, it is page 395. <laughs> if you have the handout Bibles. Isaiah chapter 51, verses, verse 17. And it says, Wake yourself, wake yourself, stand up, O Jerusalem. You have drunk, you, ha you who have drunk from the hand of the Lord, the cup of his wrath, who have drunk to the dregs, the bowl, the, stag the cup of staggering. Um, I don't think that's the verse I wanted to, wanted to, to read. But nevertheless, he drank, he, Christ took our personal cup, right? So the sins that we've committed and the sins of our forefather Abraham, Christ took, not Abraham, Adam, uh, the sin of Adam, Christ took upon him. Christ drank that cup that we deserved. Amen? We nailed him to the cross that we deserve. Our sins, our disobedience, our defiance to God nailed Christ to that, cup, to that cross. Amen. So nothing else is of comparable importance to us as believers. Not our prosperity, not our families, not, not our husbands, not our wives. It's more important to our Christian walk than the cross. Amen. Not our self-love, not love, not charity. None of these things are of equal importance to a life focused on the cross. So now we have, so now if we develop a deeper appreciation for the cross, that this that the, this event is, is essential to our lives, it's also our responsibility to share it, to share this message, to go into the world and to preach the gospel and to show people the love of Christ. Amen? Amen. So, the step, so key one is to develop a deeper appreciation for the cross. Mm -hmm. Key two is to look outwardly. Mm. So what does that mean? <laughs> um, so first off, the cross-centered life and the life... Um, the cross-centered life starts with biblical thinking. Um, it starts with thinking, with, with thinking biblically. Uh, so, what does that mean? So, uh, uh, something that we can, some, something that we easily fall into is um, a lot of times we we base our truth. You know, that's that's, not, that's a popular statement this day, right? So, our truth, your truth, my truth. Um, so, a lot of times we base truth upon how we feel rather than um, the truth itself, the truth of the word, the truth of the gospel. Uh, we, base, uh, we base our lives on, how, on our feelings, on our emotions, on how we, how, things, uh, how we connect with things rather than biblically, rather than looking into the scriptures to see how does this direct my life? How does the, how does the cross affect my life? How does this affect my, uh, affect my life? Amen? 
Um, so a lot of times we can, um, so like let's say somebody um, cuts you off on the road, right? So in, in that moment you feel out of anger or, some, or you may want to react a certain way. But if, if you think about it biblically, biblically, or somebody does something wrong, somebody steals money from you, uh, you have a family member that you know, stole an inheritance like we've seen in, in Luke, they stole inheritance, stole these things. We, we, sometimes we tend to react out of anger, but we need to look into the scriptures to see how God and how, how Christ directs us to respond and how to act. Amen? Amen. Um, humility is, ba- is not basing our faith on feelings or experiences, but the truth of the scripture. That's how we get truly humble. Well, we, we're not basing our, our lives on, on our faith on how we feel. So sometimes, sometimes we can feel that God isn't there, right? right. Sometimes even in, when we're sick, when we're broke, when we're tired, we're like, God, where are you, right? That we can, we can react and we can think that God is not there and God is, um, is not there or, or we're not in the will of God or anything right. like that. But we need to base our lives on our, on, and we need to humble ourselves and say, okay, God, I'm submitting to your will. I'm submitting to what you say, what is your truth in the word. And I'm submitting to that, and that's how we react in humility. Amen? Amen. Um, you know, sometimes we need, to, we need to preach to ourselves. We need to let, let ourselves know that, hey, right. amen, <laughs> that even in our darkest times, that God is with us, that God would never leave us nor forsake us, that he, would, he promises to, um, to keep us, to keep us in, 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 um, in perfect peace. Amen? Um, you know, even if, like last night I was tossing and turning, I didn't, I didn't, I, could, I didn't, couldn't sleep well, but, you know, I can focus on the word of God. It says he would give me sweet sleep and have my sweet dreams and, and these things that we can focus on. And we can know that in, through Christ, through this event on the, on the cross, that Christ gives us truth of his word. Amen? Amen. That is not based on how we feel. It's not based on what we perceive things, how we perceive things, but on the truth of God's word. Amen? Amen. Um, uh, another thing is that we all are going to suffer for the, for the, for the, sake, of, for the sake of Jesus Christ. Um, that's one thing that's promised to us, that whether we're going to lose friends, we're going to lose money. Um, I don't know if anybody's lost money. We're going to lose money. We're going to lose property. We're going to lose all these things for the sake of Christ. And um, we, can look to the, we can look to the cross to say, on that cross, Christ was forsaken himself. Um, he was alone. Even the, the closest person that he had in this world was, was, was God himself. He's been with God since eternity. Imagine that Jesus Christ and the Father were connected since the beginning of time, since before the beginning of time, since eternity. And at this moment on the cross, God turned his back on him. And God walked away from him. So at times that we are feeling alone, that Christ on that cross, he, he's, he, he knows what, we've, what we're going through. He experienced that feeling that of loneliness. He experienced that feeling of being forsaken. And we know that because of that event on the cross, we are no longer forsaken. That God is with us always. Amen? Despite of how we feel, despite how, we, how people are telling us, what people are telling us, what our, what our unbelief is speaking to us, that we know that the truth of God works that He's with us. Amen? In Hebrews, let's jump there. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 13. Uh, and 14. Um, it says... And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him who, to whom we must give account. Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Let us hold fast to our confession, 
For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in the time of need. So here we see that Christ Jesus, um, the high priest, he can sympathize with our weakness. On that cross, he can sympathize with the, the way we feel sometimes, right? The way we feel when money's low, we, can, we, we feel that God is not there, but even Christ himself, that, we, that Christ himself understands that feeling. The cross lets us understand the depths of God's love for us, right? And then, and that, and then so Christ poured, so God poured out all of his wrath, all of his loneliness, all of those times, um, it's on that cross. And that we can understand the depths of God loves, God's love for us. Um, we, may base, we may base God's loves on other things, right? So we, could, we may base God's love on our possessions, on our blessings, on the things that he give us, but, that he's given us. But we can look to the cross to say that God's paid the eternal price for our love, yeah. for his love. And he's, he's given his love in the most yeah. generous way ever. Yeah. Amen? Amen. Amen? Amen. So don't allow yourself to lose joy in the cross. Take joy in the cross that we now can experience the love of God. We can experience the, the presence of God the, it, like never before. Like we can experience God like um, and know him and, and we can um, talk to him and we can go to the throne of grace and we can communicate and we can do all these things through the event of the cross. Amen. Amen. So uh, last key. So first thing is to develop a deeper appreciation for the cross. Uh, look outwardly so don't look within yourself for, don't look within your feelings. Don't look within yourself to understand, um, understand God. But look to, look to the scriptures, look to the cross to understand God loves for us. Amen? Amen. Um, point three is to embrace the cross. Embrace the cross. Let's go to Galatians. I mean, I can read this whole chapter in Galatians chapter three. But um, <laughs> um, let's not let's not read the whole thing. Yeah, let's not let's not read the whole thing because we can't. It will kind of <laughs> so embrace the embracing the cross, right? So if we look at if we ask somebody what is a Christian, right? We can look at somebody and say, uh, I know we if we think about what a Christian is, we some oftentimes our culture will tell us a Christian is a person that does good, um, that's understanding, that in, in, today's, in, in today's world, they might think neg negatively <laughs> about what a Christian is, right? Um, and somebody that, that's eventually is going to go to heaven. Um, so what we want to look at in this is to avoid legalism. So legalism is essentially uh, self-atonement for the purpose of self-glorification and ultimately for self-worship. Um, it's the pinnacle of pride for me to assume that by my good works, I could ever morally obligate God to forgive me, justify me, or accept me. So we need to embrace the cross, that the cross is the only way that we can have access to God. That in our, our doing good, in our charity, in our giving, in, our, um, in, in, in anything else, there's no, other, there's no other way to please God and to get to the Father except through the work of Jesus Christ on that cross. So legalism is seeking, uh, is seeking to achieve forgiveness from God and justification, um, and justification for God through obedience to God. So we don't, 
we don't gain justification and we don't gain forgiveness through our works and through our obedience to God. Amen. So obeying God is not how we are going to please God. Uh, um, uh, but or how are we going to be justified from God? But we are. But through the work of Christ, we need to embrace that the Christ, that the work of Christ is how we get access to God and how we experience grace and how we experience the mercy of God. We experience grace. We don't earn it. We can't butter God up. Right. So we can't we can't go to God and say and and. And, and, and say, God, um, I did all these things for you. Uh, please forgive me now. But only the work of the cross can justify us. So that's liberating. That should, be li that should liberate us that we don't have to keep the ship afloat, that we don't have to do all these things to earn our salvations. We don't have to do all these works that, that we should be liberated to know that our works is not, that, that our justification and our salvation is not based on our works. Amen? We can have confidence in the finished work of Christ. And that there's no condemnation, there's no condemnation in Jesus Christ, in Christ Jesus, as Romans and Romans says. So, so that we are now free from legalism. We're now free from having to having to please God through our works or having to um, gain our, earn our salvation, earn our redemption, earn our justification. But we can live a life free from that guilt and free from that that yeah, free from that guilt of of our sins. You know, we don't have to walk a life being guilty, feeling guilty that, hey, I messed up. I can, you know, I messed up last night or I messed up last week. I don't have to walk around with my head down, but I can embrace the cross. I can embrace the work that Christ has done for us. Amen. Amen. Let's jump to first, uh, first Timothy It'll be my last scripture. First Timothy, chapter one. And it says, but I received mercy for this reason that in me. As the foremost, Jesus Christ might display his perfect patience as an example to those who were to believe in him for eternal life. So Christ has saved us for a reason. Um, so our, our, our reason. So as we're walking this, this life in light of the cross, we are to spread this gospel and spread this message and to obey the word and to um, share his love and to, and to do all these things for our communities in light of the cross, that we are pointing people to the cross, that we're not pointing people to ourselves or our works or what we've done or even our church, but we're pointing people to Christ. Amen? And we're pointing to the cross. So I hope you got something out of this. I know I was pretty, pretty short, as I always am, <laughs> um, that the cross should be essential to our lives, that we look to this event and we look to this, 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 this event in history to direct our lives that we are um, not only have the ability to spread it, but we have the ability to that we have the the obligation to live it and to live a life guilt free, condemnation free. That we can look to Christ, we can look to God, we look to Christ as an example, and we can communicate with God. We can talk to God, and and all these things. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Uh, Father, we thank you. We pray that your, your uh, people are blessed by this, Lord God. I honor you, God. I pray that um, this word would fell on good ground, that you um, that it would reap a harvest, and we will live a life in light of your cross. In Jesus' name, Amen. That concludes this week's message, and thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732-324-2200, or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, 
You can write to us by mail at P.O. Box 519, Grand Cocos, New Jersey, 08073. And lastly, if you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support, contact us via email at partners at kingdomlivingnj.org. Our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to live out the kingdom of God daily in your life by your obedience to His Word. God bless you.